So good day, everybody. My name is Joe DiOrsi, and this is the For Freedom's Sake video podcast. Uh, and I am here uh, with State Senator of the 28th District here in York County, Kristen Phillips Hill. Good morning. Good afternoon, good I afternoon. guess. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, right? <laughs> Almost. Yeah. But just the same. And it, it is an honor to have you. you um, you've been busy uh, lately. And, you know, as we record this video podcast, we're at, we're at May 14th and the last couple of weeks has been just uh, a little bit of chaos, a lot of work being done by you and your colleagues in the Capitol. And of course, um, the, the, the big story is the coronavirus. And then um, secondary to that is, is how are we going to reopen? And there's, there's questions swirling and, and, you know, I, I know I personally, and a lot of us here at Praise Community Church have, have really appreciated your work, um, with that. Um, so my first question is you have been busy countless hours in the Capitol. Um, you've probably spent a lot of time as well, just weighing the feedback of your constituents. Absolutely. Um, I think from Monday night at five o'clock after I'd gotten through every email until nine o'clock the next morning, um, when I, you know, finally got into my email account, there were, uh, 659 emails wow. uh, in the email box and then 75 web contacts. So, um, there's a scene from, I think it's, uh, um, Evan Almighty where he, you know, he's, he's God and he's taking in all these prayer requests and he just can't get through them. And you know, you see his fingers typing away frantically. And then he says, no, 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 we're going to put them in filing cabinets and the filing cabinets show up everywhere. No, no, no. We're going to put them on sticky notes and sticky notes are everywhere. And that's kind of what it's felt like. But that communication, I value so much because I don't know everything. Um, and I really don't know what people don't tell me. So, um, hearing how this has impacted, um, people from every walk of life in our community has really, um, helped me do my job to the, to the best of my ability. Yeah. So for, for people that are watching or listening that aren't, um, uh, as adept as, as you, or even me, cause it, it, it politics interests me. Um, what, uh, can you just walk us past the last couple of weeks when I, when I say, and, and you agree that you've been busy, that, that's kind of a boilerplate statement. So right. what exactly has been going on in the Capitol? What, um, uh, can you just kind of put some flesh to what we're talking about here with this fight to reopen PA? Absolutely. And, um, you know, this really all began, um, back in March, uh, when the governor, uh, used the power that he has under Pennsylvania law to declare um, an emergency. And, uh, you know, we really didn't know how the coronavirus was going to impact Pennsylvania. And um, we had seen how ravaged many European nations had been. We we watched and, and, you know, there was great concern initially about, um, how it would impact our healthcare system and would our healthcare system be able to cope with, uh, people who become very sick and, and, you know, a decision was made by the governor to basically shut down the Pennsylvania economy and our way of life as a, a means to flatten the curve, mm-hmm. um, and make sure that we can adequately prepare, um, for a, an onslaught of the coronavirus. And so here in New York County, um, we have seen, um, 
slightly over 800 cases. Um, but what we know now is using uh, the metrics that the governor and the secretary of health have put forward, using the data that has been put forward, um, we have met um, what they have put forward. They've, they've actually said that they've created a formula, and it says that uh, 50 cases per 100,000 people over 14 days, and, and we've met that metric. Mm. And to the great credit of you know, UPMC and WellSpan, um, our hospitals have adequate capacity. They have adequate beds, uh, ventilators, testing, um, PPE. And, um, you know, when I last looked at the numbers, um, we had very few people if, uh, hospitalized with the coronavirus. And our nursing homes, you know, we have seen across the Commonwealth that about 70% of the deaths due to the coronavirus have been in uh, individuals who are in long-term care facilities. Here in York County, to the credit of those frontline workers, um, they've done an exceptional job. We have had nine uh, residents test positive, two workers, and we've had you know one fatality. When you compare that to other counties, it's mm-hmm. really exceptional and, and to their great credit. So meeting all of those metrics, um, we've said it's time. It's time to reopen. And we can reopen uh, responsibly, intelligently, and safely. And we heard testimony yesterday before the um, Senate Aging and Youth Committee and the Senate Local Government Committee from UPMC um, that it's really important that we do that, that we can do it. And that there also is a there's a, another side to this this crisis, and and that has to do with the lives that we're losing um, to suicide, to opioid overdoses, uh, a huge spike in um, you know assaults, um, child abuse, and yeah. so it's time. It's yeah. time. One of my favorite uh, political commentators, Ben Shapiro, um, has has been. Uh, he's such a smart guy, and it, it always amazes me that he's like my age. He's like. 34. It's just crazy. Um, he, he sums it up really nicely, just in a national sense that there's risk risks and rewards to any type of, uh, response or reaction. And you mentioned, uh, other casualties. And, um, like you said, uh, the other week that, you know, there, there's been a sharp rise in opioid overdose deaths and in York County specifically, um, you know, there's, there's projections being put out by, um, by statisticians that for every increment of, of unemployment percentage, there's, um, an increment of, of the risk of suicide. They, they kind of correlate in that yeah. sense. So, um, you know, when, when you take the risk of, of an extreme restrictive lockdown, mm-hmm. you know, there, there are other risks that follow suit and it's, it's a really, it's a really tough balance. And, and in fact, and maybe you can comment on this, um, in Pennsylvania, it doesn't really seem like a balance anymore. It seems like we've gone extreme to one side, um, almost, um, and excuse the word, but like autocratic in a sense. Yeah. And, um, we, we have, uh, local authorities like you, thank God, who are, are trying to speak wisdom into this, into this conversation. But it seems like, uh, uh, Governor Wolf has taken the extreme posture. Yeah, boy, there's, there's a lot to unpack there as well. Um, <laughs> you know, you are, you are absolutely correct. Um, social isolation, um, 
you know, a lot of people think that everybody lives in a happy home with a well-stocked food pantry and with parents who are doing, you know, creative and engaging activities for their children. But we realize that a lot of families have struggles. Um, Angela Brockway, who runs Front Porch Donations and works with Community Reach out of Red Lion, uh, spoke the other day, and, and she said that many of the people that are receiving um, services now were previously their donors and contributors. Yeah. You know, the, there's a, a great um, human toll um, and all those other things. And, and your Kellyans have been patient, and they are good people, and they have done what needs to be done. Um, but now is the time um, because economically, people people just can't wait any longer. And, and I've said this before, and I will say it again. Every, every business, every job is essential. Um, every business and every job puts food on someone's table, clothing on a person's back and a roof over their head. And, you know, that's why we have called on the governor um, to, to do the right thing. Um, we have continued to pass legislation um, to, to do this Responsibly. Um, just yesterday, the Senate was in session. We passed legislation to begin to reopen uh, businesses using uh, CDC and Department of Health guidelines. Um, everything from real estate. You know, we're the only state in the nation That's where right. you can't purchase a home. And and I know you know that personally because <laughs> I know that you you know your family is growing and and you need you, you need to find some more space and. Um, you know, real estate agents are professionals. Um, they want to protect themselves and protect their clients. And there is a way that this can be done. Um, so, you know, we passed legislation. It's being considered in the House. Um, well, no, that legislation is actually on the governor's desk. We're waiting for his signature. And then other legislation that would allow dog groomers, um, would allow garden centers, uh, would allow hair salons and barber shops to um, responsibly reopen. And uh, also a measure that would empower counties. We recognize we are a large and a diverse state and that you know, and I've said this before on so many other issues, what's going to work in rural Venango County and, you know, South Central York County or over in Philadelphia, they're going to be very different things. And we have locally elected people here in the county who are very capable of planning and making decisions that are in the best interest of the people who live here. And, and government that's closer to the people, um, I think, really understands it, gets it, and is better um, to make those decisions. So that legislation would impact our counties to make those decisions. York may be ready to fully reopen and Philadelphia might not be. And let's empower those local officials to make those decisions. Yeah. So. so you represent the, the 28th district in the state Senate, and that covers um, almost all of York County. The, a large portion of York County, I like to say, from, from the city of York down to the Mason-Dixon line, um, from the Susquehanna River, all the way over to Paradise, and that's township. Um, so, so yes, it's, it's, it covers a, a large swath of some of the most beautiful farmland, um, maybe in the country. I might be a little biased. Um, some lovely rural, um, you know, suburban communities, and then the third-class city of York. Yeah. So what um, you said, you know, the, just the, the sheer amount of emails and, and co web contact forms, and, and you didn't even mention social media opinions. What is the overall general pulse of your district when it comes to the question of 
uh, do we err on the side of extreme caution and stay locked down or um, ease into things or um, get back to work immediately, like in, in a green face yeah. sense, what, what are yeah. you, what's the heartbeat of your district? I think that, you know, the vast majority of people that I have heard from, uh, have truly believe that, um, protecting public health and protecting economic health are not mutually exclusive goals that we can do both. Um, and you know, they really believe that people, um, won't, will make the best decisions and, and do the right thing. And there's also great concern about assuring our constitutional rights. I was on the Gary Sutton show the other morning and he said, is there ever a time when you can suspend the constitution? I said, no, no. Um, you know, that foundational document has guided us through previous pandemics, wars, great trials and tribulations. It has stood the test of time. It is, it is fundamental, um, to, to our freedom and, and to our future. Yeah. So I told you, you know, before we went on camera here that it's been, um, just a tough balance for us as church leaders, um, to, we know the biblical mandate to be subject to our authorities. Uh, at the same time, we're ultimately subject to God and there's, right. you know, we're, we're to meet and gather and, and care for the public reading of scripture and, you know, lay our hands on one another so that they might recover. I mean, there's all of these biblical mandates that don't really match a stay at home order, but at the same time, you know, we, we honor and respect governor Wolf. So it's been, it's been, uh, quite a tough balance. Um, can you speak to, um, the person who, who is tuning into the news and, and they hear that counties here in South central Pennsylvania who are, who are currently on red as regards, the red phase as regards governor Wolf. Um, but local authorities like yourself, um, and, and even like district attorneys like Dave Sunday have, have kind of pushed back. Um, and you're taking a localized approach and, and correct me if I'm wrong. We in, in York are, are moving ourselves to yellow this Friday. Well, that's where I think most people would like to be and like to go. And certainly I am I'm, I'm supportive of that. And that will take all of our local elected officials to get there. And, um, you know, our district attorney laid out a very compelling case. It's really difficult to prosecute on these orders because they are constantly changing. Remember we talked about, you know, here's the criteria for going from red to yellow. And and it was that simple formula. And then all of a sudden it was, well, no, but it's, it's also this and it's also this and it's also that. And so as uh, the head of law enforcement, it's really difficult for the district attorney to enforce something that's constantly changing. Yeah. Um, and, and I believe that's why he, he took that stand. It's, you can't do it. So, um, the sheriff came out and said that he felt that it was a violation of the constitution. Um, the county commissioners have, have made a statement and, and they're supportive of, of, of moving, uh, to yellow as well. Um, so, you know, certainly I, I would like to see us there. Yeah. So yeah. what would your advice be, um, for, for someone who maybe is of that mind and, and they, they want to side with, with their local representatives. And at the same time, they want to get back to work because it's their livelihood. But I think I'm speaking for a vast majority of people and saying, um, we want to do that. But if we had a choice, we don't want to be at odds with the governor. Sure. Um, sure. what would you say to those people? 
Well, you know, and this is what I've told business owners. Um, we have heard threats. Um, I know that my colleague to the North is having a press conference, um, in, in Cumberland County today because, you know, the governor is, is threatening people with the loss of their professional license. And I can tell you that, um, right now, as we speak, we're, we're, I'm dropping legislation with, um, my colleague to, to the West, Senator Mastriano, um, that in the event that the governor, uh, takes your license, um, during this pandemic, we would pass, we, I would like to pass legislation to have that license restored. I don't believe that that's the right thing to do. Um, you know, I, again, believe that businesses can make the best decision for themselves and for their customers. And I think that individuals can make their own choices as to what businesses they want to patronize. We look to the South and, and Maryland is, is opening up New Jersey, which has been really devastated by the coronavirus. They're opening up. Um, I, I think that we, again, we can safely, we can responsibly and we can intelligently, um, reopen. And, and I, I trust people to make those decisions. And look, you know, I said earlier, my dad had a heart transplant. He's on immunosuppressant drugs. My father needs to be locked in his home for a while until we can really get things, um, under control. He's 81 years old and, um, doesn't have a good immune system. Those are the kind of people that we need to protect. We need to protect those people who are really vulnerable to this disease. And I've been frustrated because, you know, um, when I look at those, those death rates, 70% of our deaths are in long-term care facilities. That says to me that the governor and the secretary of health really have, um, missed the mark in what they've been doing. They have not been protecting the most vulnerable during this crisis. Yeah. And a a stat that I came across that was just mind boggling to me is, um, from, from that hearing where, where, you know, you guys were able to get this data from the Secretary of Health. Um, I believe I read that the average age of, of the person that's passed away is 79. Correct. And the average life expectancy, expectancy for an American person is 78. Yes. And, and I saw that and I was like, man, this is crazy. It, yeah. it, it really does seem to be... Um, pigeonholed on, on a particular group of people, those that are, that are older in age, right. and those who have one, two, three, in some cases, four or more pre-existing conditions. Right. Right. And, and, you know, we know that those people are vulnerable, right? Heart disease, um, COPD, lung disease, diabetes, all those things make you more vulnerable for a lot of other health issues. Mm-hmm. So, yes. So, Let's talk a little bit. Neither one of us, obviously, are scientists, and there's been plenty of opinions out there um, on on the science of all of this. Um, And I I personally understand um, the response initially of let's take a step back, lock down and figure things out. Right. Um, And when when I hear that like a group like UPMC who testified the other day, who, who's actually suggesting, um, you know, we need, we need to get back to things and stop self-isolating because that has a, a, a medical detriment to it. Correct. Um, you know, I'm just wondering what, what are the, what are the risks and, and is it like, 
is it becoming a scientific consensus that maybe we overreact? Is there like a little bit of humility in, in maybe admitting in the scientific community that, you know, we didn't, it's possible we were wrong. Maybe we overreacted. Um, you know, I can't really speak for the scientific community, but talking with medical professionals in the state, I mean, that testimony yesterday, I posted it on my website, on my Facebook page was really compelling, really, really compelling. And, um, you know, I, I believe them. I, I believe the medical professionals from UPMC, um, and Look, I think everyone has to evaluate their own personal health considerations, speak with their own medical professionals. And, you know, anytime something is new, um, it takes us a while to assess. Um, but, you know, I think you are spot on that there are other health consequences. People who will not go to the emergency room because they're afraid of the coronavirus or having heart attacks. Mm. Um, I spoke with a woman who needs to have a hysterectomy and she is being, um, you know, prescribed opioids, which we all know, and we've been battling opioid addiction. Um, but that's the only thing that they can do for her. I have a gentleman who reaches out fairly frequently. He needs to have shoulder surgery. He's in terrible pain. Um, there are medical conditions that require attention. Um, and a lot of people, you know, well, we're going to stop elective procedures. Elective procedures are not, um, facelifts, yeah. um, elective procedures, anything that you have that's scheduled, right? So if you need a to have a stint in your heart, it's elective, right? If you need to have a hip replacement, um, uh, you know, a rotator cuff repaired, those are all elective procedures, hernias, things like that, that really do need to be taken care of. And yeah. right now, um, those elective procedures are, are starting again. The hospitals can can do those safely again. And of course, always talk to your own medical professional to make the best decisions for your particular health situation. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say UPMC, if anyone's watching or listening, that's U university of Pittsburgh medical center. Mm -hmm. And just as a, as a guy who went to school out in Pittsburgh, like they are when leaders from UPMC are talking, I try to listen. I mean that yeah. they're, they're one of the best in the country. Yes. Yes, they are. And they have 24 hospitals um, and they, they have uh, nursing care facilities that work with them and they have not had um, any problems in any of their nursing homes, which really is a testament um, to the efforts that they've made. Yeah. So that's all I have for you on the coronavirus. Did you have any parting words, Senator? No, I just want to thank everyone for, for tuning in and, um, I always love to hear from you and you can, um, visit me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, or on my webpage, which is senatorkristen.com. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thank Appreciate you for it. coming.